Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A Scottish football podcast that isn't obsessed with just two teams. Niche nonsense. Or surprisingly brilliant. You decide. The Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. The cult Scottish Football Podcast now adapted into a hit TV show. Search the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast on your chosen podcast player now. Welcome, ladies and gents, to the Manchester United Redcast. It's the uh, morning after the night before. We are reacting to transfer deadline day. And if you're lucky, if you're really lucky, we'll react to the shit show that occurred on Sunday as well at home to uh, to Spurs and to Jose Mourinho. Uh, my name's Aaron Paul. Delighted to be with you once again. Joining me this week, uh, Mr. Dan Riley. How are you, Val? I'm okay, Aaron. I'm okay. I'm, I'm uh, you know... Uh, woke up to the news about great signings. Um, <laughs> more of that later. Yeah, um, just let's sort of recap um, United's transfer window. Of course, they signed Donny van der Beek. Um, what is now, what, a couple of months ago now? Uh, effectively, well, it was August. They signed him back end of August. They signed Donny van der Beek uh, from Ajax Amsterdam. Um, but then it took United till the 5th of October to actually get some more deals done over the line. Um, basically just displaying the dickheadish nature of the board that we unfortunately operate under. Uh, Alex Tellez was the first name through the door yesterday, joining for a fee of around £13 million plus add-ons uh, from FC Porto. Um, that's how they say it. You know, in the UEFA draw, FC Porto. Um, Next through the door was um, Amad Diallo, the winger, who he seemed to have paid a lot of money for, but who won't be playing for us until January, at least, due to work permit issues. Um, yeah, we've, we've paid a crazy amount. I don't know if you've seen this. Um, um, Dan, Amad Diallo Troyore, he's played three games for Atalanta. Mm-hmm. And we have paid, um, we're, we're, we're paying best part, part of 40 million euros for him. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, he's played three games. Well, I mean, let's just hope he's better than Bebe. That's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you think of some of the wingers we've had in the past. <laughs> we Bebe, think of some of the wingers, some of our deadline day wingers. Chris Eagles, <laughs> you know, just, just, I'm trying to think of others. Um, Lee Martin. Lee Martin, Di Maria. Uh, there, there's been a few. There's been a few down there. I mean, I, 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 I'm, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to claim to be any kind of football hipster, but the, 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 the hipsterati of 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 Twitter seem to think that uh, Ahmad Diallo. Apparently, he doesn't like to be uh, to be known as Traore. Um, is um, is a, a, a very good prospect. Um, the problem for me. Uh, Aaron, and I'm sure for you, is that it's we're beyond prospects now. We've got prospects. Well, no, the problem for me is he can't play centre-half. Yeah, go on. But we've got prospects. I mean, we've bought the other guy we've bought, which I'm sure you're going to tell us about, is uh, Facundo Palestri, uh, yeah. a right-winger from, from Penarol in Uruguay. I thought he was uh, a 10. Uh, I, I'll Possibly. This is this could have been lost in translation. Maybe my Uruguayan slash Spanish isn't up to much. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think it's um, well. We don't need you know what 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 the manager had asked for was a proven right-sided attacker yep. in Jade and Sancho. Jade and Sancho had a price. Manchester United knew the price. Mm didn't want to pay it and wanted to pay silly buggers in the transfer market, thought they could get him for a few quid less. And then what they've done, what they've ended up doing is they just ended up spending money on a punt. (laughs) And it it just, it just baffles me the way, the way these guys work. Um, Why not just bite the bullet Get the player that the, the manager wants and bring him in. Um, instead of they, they've messed about believing, I suppose they could save you know 30, 40 million. Um, um, and in the end, what they've done is they've just ended up buying someone that doesn't actually come now, um, comes as you say in January, and is you know a, a Big big punt. It's a it's a it's a gamble. The other thing I'd like to say about Telesh is is why on earth was Telesh not signed four weeks ago? Yeah, oh, I, I, that is just. I mean, is it literally to save wages? I I do wonder whether there's that there's whether it comes down to that kind of thinking. Is it about just trying to bar, you know trying to get this you know we're going to barter them down. We're going to barter them down. So we're going to pay less. But what they've done is they've ended up signing a player. How many go, How many goals have we conceded now this season? Well, it, we... 11? Yeah. 11 in three yeah. games? I mean, oh, well, there you go. It, how, how much... What you know? What 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 does what does the what is that minus eleven going to cost us in the long run? I'm not. That's not to say Alex Tellish would have solved the problems. Well, no, he's, he's he's very much in the mold of an attacking fullback. But but it it could have changed the dynamic. Is what is what I'm saying. And and it, it's just I just think these guys just they 
the way they operate is 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 frankly it's laughable. It's criminal for for a football club the size of Manchester United, uh, supposedly the best club in the world. It is absolutely criminal. Uh, just running through the other signings, um, of course, it was Alex Tellers who who arrived from Porto, um, and then we had a signing of young Willie Kambawala from So Show, who will automatically go into my books as Big Willie. That would be his name. Um, yeah. It, mate, anyone called Willie, their, their name is automatically Big Willie. Um, we then received confirmation that United had agreed a deal for the um, winger Ahmad Diallo Traore. 40 million euros for a relative unknown. Let's hope that he's not as unknown as Bebe was because let's be fair, with inflation and all that, the 13 million pound that we paid for Bebe, actually, you know, it's about 40 million pound now. So, yeah. Um, going forward, uh, come 10pm, it was a time for Edinson Cavani. Um, of course, it sort of broke on Saturday that United were in the market for, for Cavani. Someone who hasn't played since March, who's recovered from injury. Um, I'm actually quite pleased with this signing, Dan. But to be honest, I'd be pleased if we got ourselves a Koulibaly or an Upper Makan and then they go, oh, there you go, we're going we're gonna to chuck Cavani in as well. I'd gone, yeah, fair play. But I don't know. He's 33 years old. He's had injuries. Um, yes, he scored goals. But is, he, is this guy going to be a Falcao or is he going to be a Van Persie? Uh, hand on heart, I think he's going to be Sanchez part two. Um, I, I find it a baffling signing. Um, I... I I just don't understand I, what what they think signing Cavani will 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 do to the squad, um, because it seems it smacks to me of the 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 people at the at the executive levels of this club having a little game of football manager and yeah. thinking this guy he's a big name we can bring him in and and make no doubt about this David de Gea's popularity in China is part of the reason he is he is still i think a, a, a high profile player at man united i i just it, it's just a weird signing to me i mean if you want another striker in that squad yeah why not try and sign callum wilson who's proven over the last few years that he's a tidy player in the premier league he's not a big enough name is he you know and alongside but he made it alongside marcus rashford martial Mason Greenwood, I think he fits in brilliantly, and I could I've seen that working. Um, and you, you know, okay, you, you, you're going to pay a fee, but you're also going to not have to pay him the money you're paying for Edison Cavani, and you're not paying someone that wait for it. He's not just thirty three here, Aaron. He's he's thirty four in Feb. You know, it's not mm. it's not like he's not a young he's not a young thirty three, and. The thing for me as well is he's not played for seven months and he didn't have a particularly great season uh, in his last season. People talk, talk about comparisons with Ibrahimovic. I don't think Cavani's on Ibrahimovic's level. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit meh about it, to be honest. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I, could, I could be wrong, but I just... It smacks of someone that is just coming 
a bit like Sanchez on that. Look, you can go, you can get you a big move. You're going to go and play for a big club. Um, let's just hope he doesn't want to go home after the first training session, like uh, like uh, like uh, Alexis did. Indeed. Um, of course, then we got the, uh, the the news that United were going for a fourth signing, and it emerged that Facundo Palestri was uh, was was arriving um, conveniently from Diego Forlan's uh, side home in uh in in uruguay the side penarol of course where we sold guillermo varela as well it seems we've got some sort of link up with them um but yeah diego Forlan uh heavily involved there um and uh he, he recommended this lad and um it seems like palestri's now well palestri's now a united player uh he can play as a 10 he can play as a 10 he can play as a winger as well very just very odd very very odd signing I mean hopefully he comes good the the papers this morning Simon Stone from the BBC saying that he's going to go straight into the first team squad apparently wow that's a um, that's 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 interesting to say the least um I mean I'm looking up um his Wikipedia because that's that's all I have um and you know, he's made uh 12 appearances in the Uruguayan Premier League this season. Um, and he's scored no goals. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we, we can but see. But I, I just wonder whether, um, whether Palestri had any idea he was coming until he possibly got a knock from uh, Diego Forlan um, late on yesterday. Mm. Um, well, he's still not here. He's not in the country. He's still in South America. So, you know, evidently he, he, he never really knew anything about it. Didn't have time to pack his bag. No, mate. No, no, no. He'll be living out of a suitcase and he'll be in the, he'll be in the travel lodge around the corner. Um, <laughs> he'll be there. He'll be there. He'll be there. He'll be there uh, shacked up next door to Uncle Edison Cavani. That's it. Who, That's who, it. Who, who probably actually could be old enough to be his dad, never mind his uncle. Both sat there um, eating meal deals. it's true uh trying to trying to find something spanish on the telly yeah 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 why do we not get mundo on this telly love (laughs) yeah um interesting one usman dembele was was the chat all the way through deadline day yesterday and it seemed like there's a massive knock-on effect because if Barcelona, who were looking to offload Dembele, could offload him to United. Barcelona were looking to bring in Memphis Depay, who'd already agreed to join them. Um, but Barcelona don't have the money to do that. So it all it all went uh, when it came down to uh, Usman Dembele and bringing him in. Uh, no sign of a defender yesterday, a centre-half. That would have been nice. But, 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 but. Phil Jones, Marcos Rojo... Sergio Romero, <laughs> they're all still Manchester United players, ladies and gentlemen. They're all still United players. And on that bombshell, uh, should we take a break? Let's take a break. This is the Manchester United Redcast. Uh, we're talking about the transfer window and we're potentially going to be talking about that shit show as well. I- I'm really trying not to talk about it. Uh, we'll be back in a minute. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, 
Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Yeah, welcome back to the Manchester United Redcast where... uh, news this morning Danny Welbeck released by Watford bring him home bring him home um, <laughs> Jack Wilshire released by West Ham bring him to us as well um, why are we not releasing the shit in our squad no one is going to buy Jones no one is going to buy Rojo Smalling was the best of a bad bunch yeah Rojo has played in, in six years he's played 122 games just 76 of them in the league he played three Premier League games last season Five the season before, nine the season before. How do I explain it? Geezer ain't going nowhere. He, he's he's just he's, he's he's his career is going nowhere. He's thirty. You know what I mean? Like you look at Phil Jones as well. I'm shitting myself that he's in testimonial year next year, and we're actually going to have to have the Phil Jones testimonial. He played two Premier League games last year. Two, two. He played eight games on a whole. Like shit. Do these people not realise? Like I'm. You're not wanted here. Um, I guess I guess the problem is that um, I think there's there's possibly a, a this comes down to a, a, a books balancing issue where I can only assume that the club aren't prepared to let them go unless they are compensated in what you know to a degree that they feel they they need to be. Um, uh, it's it's incredible that they didn't um, that they didn't get um, anyone to go for Rojo. I mean, he's 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 not he's not the greatest player, but he's a he's a, he's a he's a decent sort of utility defender. I mean, no, he's he no did, one wants him. He's, he's, no one wants him. He went to Estudiantes, didn't he? Uh, but, you know, his old club, his original yeah. club, loan last season. He played one game and they fucked him off. Wow. Well, there you go. Uh, Jones, Jones, I mean, I think Jones's problem is that no one will take a punt on him because of his injury list. And yet again, he, he, he's currently injured. I mean, it's, it's kind of a bit of a bad joke now with, with Phil Jones and his injuries. Unfortunately. Right, shit. Yeah, there is that. Um, yeah, I mean, Chris Smalling um, has gone, though. Am I right in thinking that deal? Yeah, he play? has for good money as well. He's he's joined Roma. Um, United were taking the piss as well in terms of trying to drag it out, but they managed to get the fee that I, they wanted. I mean, the irony there being, Aaron, is that if you were going to keep any of them, he's the one I would have kept. <laughs> so it's true. Um, uh, because obviously we may well come onto it. Um, there. Uh, the, the defensive thing for me is 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 a funny one because I last season we did have a pretty decent um, defensive record. We only conceded, I think, three more than Liverpool. So it seemed that we were going in the right direction defensively. 
this season we've begun with this just disaster at the back where it just looks like everyone is almost gripped by fear, which is ironic because there's no, no one in the ground. So you would have thought you play football with a bit less pressure. Mm. We, we both were calling for Eric Bay to come in yeah. and he had a bizarre game on Sunday. I don't think he was alone in having that game. No, 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 no. But, but he, he just like, even he was seemingly gripped by a, I don't know what, I mean, just a, 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 an inability to make the right decision. Um, so it, I, I think obviously after last season, I, I, I'm a, I can only assume that Oli had decided that um, Maguire, Lindelof, Bailly, mm. and possibly Tuanzebe, <clears throat> stroke Jones, if you see what I mean. Well, no, stroke Mengi. Uh, stroke Mengi were, were, were good enough to be the, the centre-backs. Um, and he, I think the, the, the strange thing is, is that everyone's been saying that, you know, we, we should have got a centre-half, but I don't think Oli was seemingly asking for a centre-half. Uh, I, if you listen to every single person out there, be it Harry Redknapp, be it whoever, they're all, if they can see it. They can see that, we, you know, we are desperate. We're crying for a centre-half. But I don't, but I, but I think Ollie was happy. What I, I, I would just, I just take a little sidebar here. Question, this moment, here's a question, Aaron. Who's coaching the defence? That's a good question. Because in every other sport, you have specialist coaches. It seems in, in Premier, League, Premier League football clubs, elite football clubs, they don't have specialist coaching for defenders. I think the reason we were so good going forward last season is, is Solskjaer's a forward and was a very, very clever forward. So he's able to bring his experience and skills to the forward play. Mm. I think the problem with the defence is not it's not necessarily so much the personnel. I wonder who's telling them how to defend. Carrick? Um the the the, the other uh, assistant um McKenna. manager whose name sorry? McKenna. K- Kieran McKenna. I mean are, are they teaching the defence? Coaching the defence? Because if they are, then maybe that's part of the problem. They I just I, I can't see anyone else on the staff. Who will be coaching them? Mike Phelan? Why don't we have someone, a, a, a centre-half of, of decent standing, coaching them? It, it, it's, it's, that, that, for me, I think, could be part of the reason why you had this moment, this Keystone Cops moment, that I keep watching the, the first goal against Tottenham. Is that the one where um, Maguire's pulling well, Shaw or something like it that? It starts. It starts with with the man I've now decided that just I've had enough of Pogba, sort of yeah. putting the ball back into a, you know, sort of kicking it ridiculously back into the danger area, mm. try, instead of just wellying it clear. We then have a header from Maguire, a header from Bailly. 
yeah. another header from Maguire. Lovely. And then, and then it goes back and, and Luke Shaw tries to turn, instead of just booting it out for a corner, he tries to turn on, with the ball at his feet on the edge of the six-yard box with a Tottenham player next to him. It's, it's like, uh, there, there, are, there are mathematicians that will look at that video for centuries to come and still not be able to come up with an answer of what was going on. It's just sort of like, it was just bad, 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 bad mistakes. Just stupid mistakes, which then got compounded. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that, that for me is, I, 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 know, I know that a, a friend of mine who was involved closely with football said the same about um, Arsene Wenger, that, that Wenger very, very rarely bothered doing a lot of defensive drills. And he even had Steve Bold there at the time. Mm. And, 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 and apparently that it, wasn't, it just wasn't a thing to do much of that coaching. Um, so I, that, that for me is, is the question of, they don't seem to know how to play together as, as a unit. The, 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 well, after the sending off, Luke Shaw seemed to sort of drop into a, a you know, on, I think it's on the third goal. Instead of playing out at left back where he should be, there's one point where Luke Shaw's kind of been sucked into the middle and, and, and the, the, the gap is, is out there on the right flank. And this is, this is basic, basic coaching. Um, and so for me, that's the, the problem is not just the defence. It's that why is no one coaching it's not just the personnel of the defence, rather. It's it's the way they're being coached. Yeah, it's not as if we've got, like, you know, ex-legends like Nemanja Vidic, Rio Ferdinand, Pali, all these people, like, sort of lurking around, just, like, you know, fucking around there with their time uh, doing, you know, do, doing appearances on Sky and stuff. Um, if we're going to look back at that defeat, I mean, genuinely, I I've never seen such a catastrophic shambles and to be honest, on Sunday night, I, I personally said that Oli should resign. He should go in his post-match interview, call the ball out and walk out. Do a, you know, like a, a, a an Al Pacino in, in The Godfather scene, you know, when he shoots uh, McCluskey and, and um, Bozzini, wasn't it? Was it Bozzini? Was it Bozzini? He I, I, I'm afraid your um, your uh, your knowledge of uh, The Godfather is, is greater than mine. I have seen it, but it's been a long time ago. Who did he? Who did he? Um, it wasn't Salozzo, was it Salozzo? It might have been Salozzo. I'm trying to think. Who did he shoot? Um, was it an? It was an. It was an Irish gangster, wasn't it? No, no, uh, no. He wasn't Irish. He was. He was Italian, Sicilian. But then there was the, there was the copper as well. Um, who was the copper that they? Who was the fella they shot? It might have been Salotta, it might have been Bardzini. Which one was it? Bardzini. I'm not sure. And I then think, it was, I do you remember it was the one where they're I like... Think, I, I think we put in a late bid for Bardzini. Yeah, we did. We did, mate, we did. <laughs> Last night, uh, about 11. It was Salotta, it was Salotta, it was Salotta. It was Virgil Salotta. Because basically, do you want me to say the back? The, the back yeah, 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 yeah. So Salotta's a drug baron, he's backed by like another mafia family, and he asked the godfather for investment. 
But the Godfather said no because he he doesn't get involved in drugs because it kills people. Stand him, mate. You kill people anyway, but fuck it. You know, he kills people. And then the Godfather sends, you know, his geezer, you know, Luca Brati. You know, you ever seen Luca Brati? He's like, Godfather, I, I, I congratulate you on your daughter's wedding. And I hope the first child be a masculine child. You know, he's that proper, like, he, he looks like Lurch. Yeah, <laughs> and then basically they kill Luca Brazzi, and then they send a fish. Yeah, they send a fish like wrapped right. in uh, in his vest, in his bulletproof vest, which means that he sleeps with the fishes. So then, basically, um, they keep trying to like people to keep trying to assassinate the Godfather, but then Michael uh, Michael Corleone says that he's going to kill him, and they like they plant a gun in a toilet in a restaurant. Yeah. Oh yes, and no, he goes and he kills it, and and he just walks out, and he and he and he just sort of like drops the gun, and it rolls, and it, it, it you know he just walks out. It's great, and I've forgotten why we're talking about that scene now completely. Because you wanted to that you wanted Ollie to do something like this. Yeah, well, exactly. You know what? One hundred percent. I I hope I wish he'd 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 have the cojones, if you like, to go fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Who's next? You know what I mean? And mm. basically, just turn around and go. We've been crying for a defender. We we wanted a defender. They're not giving it to us. See you later. You know, I resign and and, and go and tend, tender his resignation. Now, people are going to go. Oh, why would you want that? Why would you want that? It's not purely because it's not because I want Pochettino or because X Y Z. It's purely the fact that this geezer loves the club and he knows how it's being run from the inside. He knows the score. He knows how parasitic these people are. I said this three months ago. When United they take months to get deals done. Everyone else did their business early, yeah? Look at the state. Look at Chelsea. They weren't fucking around on deadline day. Spurs weren't fucking around on deadline day. You know, come on, man. Although, I don't know, they might, Spurs might sign Joe Roden. You know, Liverpool weren't fucking around on deadline day. City weren't fucking around on deadline day. Us, there we are. Bang. Slap a bang paying Jim White's fucking wages, yeah? That's exactly what we were doing. It's just, it's just a shit show, man. It's a complete but, shit show. But Aaron, this is, all those teams you've mentioned, all those clubs you've mentioned have a structure in place for transfers which has a... They have someone responsible for it. Uh, Edu, uh, I believe, is the recruitment uh, man at um, Arsenal. Um, uh, Mikel Arteta asked for two players uh, and Edu sorted out the two players. Um, Liverpool, we know about their very well-run um, way of buying players. Um, at United, it's obviously, it's, it's Ed and his cohorts who I think genuinely enjoy the kind of kudos they get of playing this real-life football manager game. Um, I, I, I genuinely believe that they buy players because of marketability, as well as you know, uh, what what the what the what the club want, um, and th- this is this is this is this is why we have this. We have no. There's, I mean, a lot of people have said about the the Sancho um, transfer and. Okay, so if we don't get Sancho and we don't want to pay the money for Sancho, and and even I was, even I believe it's a lot of money for him. Mm. It's a lot of money to outlay on one, you know, on one player. But if you're not going to get him, 
then have someone else as as the backup option. But it seemed that they were their arrogance was such that they genuinely thought they'd bully Dortmund into selling him. No, they Dortmund. thought we're Billy Big Bollocks. Look at us, we're Man yeah. United, we do what we want, basically. And, you know and, I mean? and Dortmund Dortmund explained on the that on the 10th of August, that's it. So United have had almost two months now to come up with an alternative. And the player they've come up with is a player that won't come till January and has played a handful of games in Italy. It, it, it's, it beggars belief. I mean, even, I, I would even say that it, it would have been, would it not have been useful to try and look at, say, someone like Perisic on a year? You know, just just someone that is a, a you know, an experienced right-sided attacker. Too late for Perisic. It's too late, man. It's too late. Gita's 31. He's a winger at 31. Nah, man. But what I mean, Aaron, is just, I'm saying, like, if, if they want, if they felt that maybe they couldn't get Sancho now and that maybe they go back in a year... What I'm saying is, is that why was there no secondary option? Because the, the secondary option they've gone for is a player that won't play till January because of work permit issues or whatever, and has never played any sort of real top-level football of any sustained period. Mm. I, I'm just saying that it, it, it wouldn't, you know, I'm not saying Perisic would have been ideal, but it would have been, if, if I think about where, where, where we go now, if I think about, do I want a, an unknown kid coming on January who might in three years' time be, you know, a really good player, or do I want someone um, who can come in with experience of playing top level? And I've seen Perisic play this season. He looked pretty good to me. Um, and, and to come in and to, to sort of to, to try and add an attacking dimension to the, to the team. And to take some of that weight off the Greenwood, Rashford, Martial, because let's face it, it, it's it's those three now, isn't it? I mean, we've got with Cavani as backup, and obviously Agallo's still still there. But uh, uh, perhaps uh, Dembele was the was the backup. But how if how you can have a backup that's someone who isn't fit and obviously isn't someone that his club who owns him is prepared to do a, a, the deal that you want to do. It, you know, the, you, in, in transfers, you surely got to have a plan C and a plan D. Yeah, but and they don't have a plan as well. We don't know their model. We don't know the scouting network. I mean, apparently they've got the best scouting network in the world. It'll probably come a case in about two weeks time. You'll hear that they're in the market for director of football and they don't go and get one. They won't go and get one. To be honest, the only director of football they should go and get, there's only one. It's Edwin van der Sar. He should be thrust in there to actually get on with the job, do the job properly. You know, it's it's just, it's so frustrating. I got so angry watching United on, on Sunday um, because, again, there's, there's gaping holes in defence. The, the, the defence is like Swiss cheese, mate. You know, it's, it's embarrassing how bad that back line is um, and how we've known this for six years. Six years. The other thing, Aaron, I will say about about Sunday is is that the midfield defensively was just as bad on Sunday. Um, I don't think Matic is 
quick enough anymore to play in that uh, role. Um, Pogba, I, I don't know what's going I, I, I have no idea what's going on with him. I mean, he, he sort of, this guy is fifth season now, the fifth season. And I, have, and I have backed him and I have, you know, and I have sort of, if you like, always said, no, no, I think, you know, we should give, keep, let's stick with him. Let's persevere with him, put the other players alongside him. And yet that was a game on Sunday where you think, come on, Paul, show us, show us, you're a World Cup winner. And, and I, and I, and I, you know, and I understand that there was a lot of, um, uh, anger directed at Maguire. Um, but Maguire's not been at the club for five seasons um, or four seasons. You know, where was Pogba when he could have sort of... Oh, yeah. And, and, and taking him off, uh, sorry, taking off Bruno Fernandes at half-time and leaving Pogba on, I, I found that a baffling, baffling decision. And... and why on earth didn't Van der Beek come on? Mate, Is why it... didn't he start? I don't yeah. get it. Well, I think, Aaron, the problem, the problem he's got is that he's got... I don't think he can play Van der Beek, Pogba and uh, Bruno. And... And 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 this is this is his sort of you know this is his uh, his his quandary in the midfield now, because I think he has to play uh, he has to play one defensive minded player. It's Bruno's playing, and then it's Van der Beek or Pogba in mm-hmm. that other position, um, and. Pogba shouldn't have started really on 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 Sunday for me because he's not been very good at the start of the season, and as I said on the last pod, he has he has had you know the the COVID, so I I do understand if he's feeling uh, the is still feeling the effects of that, but then take him out of the team, put in Van der Beek who's <laughs> chomping at the bit, um, and for me that was part of the reason why I kind of made the decision within myself that I think I think it is the end of the line for for Ollie because I don't think he can I don't think he shows enough uh, I don't think he makes the right decisions too many times Um, do you think that Poch is going to be coming in soon I I still can't believe he's still I I can't quite believe he's still available Um, and it almost seems like one of those ones where you can almost imagine something's going to happen at another club and he's going to get snapped up and then we're going to be thinking, why didn't we move when we could have moved? Um, the international break is oh, always... Oh, oh, hold it down, hold it down, hold it down. We've got a goal somewhere. We've got a goal. Um, and it's Chris Curley who's going to be... It's Chris Curley. Chris, are you with us? I am here. Yeah, there you go. We've got a goal at Chris Curley. Damn it. I am. I'm a last minute uh, deadline day signing. You are, mate. You are, you are, you are. Sorry, we were just... Damn Chris, do you, have a, do you have a Uruguayan grandparent? Funny you should say that. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I don't, sadly. Um, there must be a lot of pot noodles that need selling in Uruguay. 
<laughs> I've always liked the Uruguayans, though. I, 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 I've always liked them from when they had a man sent off after 20 seconds against Scotland in the 1986 World Cup. Um, that, that was on Strachan, that, wasn't it? And Fergie that, was the manager. That was. They, they, were, they were down to 10 men. Uh, sorry, Uruguay were down to 10 men after one minute and Scotland bravely held on for a nil-nil draw. I remember it. I remember it very well. I was there filling in my Penguin World Cup. <laughs> what do you think about Cavani, Chris? I mean, like, I wish if I had my time machine, this is a great signing for 2013. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but absolutely. I'm just so depressed with it all. Like, do we need a big, powerful man up front? Yes. Do we need someone who's good in the six-yard box? Yes. Do we need someone who's got lovely, wavy hair for the posters and duvets? Yes. <laughs> the duvets. You know, Cavani, <laughs> like, ticks a lot of boxes. But I'm just sceptical that... You know, I'm just sceptical that this will work because he could break at any point. He hasn't played since March. He hasn't really played for 18 months. You know, people compare him to Zlatan, but Zlatan forced him out on the wing when they were at Paris together. Mm. Um, how will this affect Martial? Because we know he's moody, you know, and Cavani's going to basically play up front as the number nine, I think, more than we think right now. Well, at least at least they won't. At least Anthony won't lose his number because Cavani's been given the um, what's now the sort of unlucky number seven, really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Well, that is just. I mean, you've got to admire the balls on that, haven't you? <laughs> I mean, you you've been promised or led to believe a, a generational talent was going to come to the club worthy of the um, empire that is that number seven shirt, and clearly they must know about that. And they're like, you know what? You know what they'll really like? Let's give Cavani the number seven shirt. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I admire the audacity. I mean, you've got to admire the audacity of them because they really don't care. But, they, you know, they're, they're up there with the audacity of all the most audacious things that have happened over the past this, of this century. I'd put the Twin Towers, audacious. I would say Donald Trump, audacious. And I would say signing Cavani and giving him the number seven shirt, audacious. Ebola, audacious. Or COVID, audacious. Eating bats, audacious. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. it's um, oh, it's it's just, it's just. I've woken up this morning. I think more upset than I, I woke did up this morning. Not feeling fine. Def or oh, never that. And that's that's another podcast I do. Ap and there's um, I've just woken up this morning more depressed than I was after we beat after Tottenham beat us on Monday. About it all because it's just like. How can we sign four players on deadline day and it'd be so underwhelming? Yeah. I'll tell you what, chaps, if you, if you want a funny one, if you want a funny one. So I, I was working at um, Salford, BBC in Salford on uh, a, sort of a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So Saturday morning about, no, it was Saturday morning, it was Friday night, about 11 o'clock. I was like, you know what? Fuck this, I'm going home because I've got Luton down the next day. I'm not going to stay here and then, you know, drive down. I ended up going up to the, the Far Life Sport offices, met Gary Flintoff, one of our lead producers, proper nice guy, lovely guy, Gary. And of course, we look to our left and what do you see? You see the North Stand, Old Trafford, the Swalic Circus and Stand, and he starts talking to me about United. And I just become very angry. I got very, very like passionately angry. And I was like, Gaz, like, what the hell? Like, you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to be able to drive home? Like, this is fucking crazy. 
Um, and he's like, what you want to do is, he goes, you want to get on the radio, listen to some like magic, listen to a bit of smooth, get a bit of Motown going, and it will calm you down. I'm like, you know what, guys, you're, ready. you're right. So I went back, got my bags, chucked them in the boot, started driving. It's about midnight, yeah? Driving down, 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 down the M6. And I hit Birmingham and the frequency like sort of knocks out. And it switches on. And um, it switches on to like this next like BBC local, like Coventry and Warwickshire or something like that. I'm sat there, I'm like, okay, cool. And uh, Iggy Pop, Lust for Life is playing. And I'm like, okay, this is a United tune. This is a tune that they play pre-game at United. I shouldn't really be listening to this, but fuck it. You know what? Let's do it. It's a good tune. Then they play uh, Ian Brown, Stellify. And I'm like, another United tune? Yeah, cool, fine. You know what? Let's just let this one play as well. Then comes A Town Called Malice by The Jam. And I'm sat there, I'm like, right, there's something not right here. Like, they're like playing my iPod playlist. Like, there's something not right. After that song, they started playing, like, you know, the crowd just singing United, United. And then the crowd singing songs. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm flying down the motorway going, mate, someone's fucking watching me. Someone's listening to me. It's like 5G, something's fucking happening. Like, they realise I'm, like, proper depressed over United. So they're just taunting me. They're chucking it in my face. (laughs) Mate, next thing, I was like, it's Herman Hermits. Woke up this morning, feeling... I'm like, fuck right off. You are joking me. Why are they playing that? Then they start playing... um, um, in spiral carpets this is how it feels to be City and I'm like fucking hell mate then comes uh, Massive Attack then plays they, they play Love Will Tear Us Apart again then they play This Is One Stone Roses in between every song they've got different crowd noises different you know United Charts mate I swear I was shitting myself I thought fuck me I'm delirious I'm tired I'm driving home something's going on straight after that was the Manchester United pre-match playlist as compiled by Five Live Sport. Guess what? It was my own fucking playlist. I compiled in the office three weeks ago and I sent off and I forgot about it. It was my <laughs> own fucking playlist and they've stuck it on BBC Sounds and they played it on an overnight. I swear to God, I nearly fucking smashed my windscreen up. <laughs> livid. 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 And then they went and did that on Sunday and I was even more angry. I think we're all livid and it's like, when you know you get so angry after a while, you don't know, you're like you're exhausted by it. Mm. And you just can't arise to the levels of anger that you want to feel at or think you should feel at. It's like if we were all in the ground this season, they, they, they would, they'd so know about it. They'd so know about it. They wouldn't be allowed to get away with it. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the players on the pitch. I'm talking, because they're going to look like going, well, what, what am I doing? What, we worked so hard last year and we meant to go on and I want to win trophies. And what? You're not doing it. You look at those young kids like Rashford and Greenwood and McTominay and, and all the ones we've kind of brought through and half the squad, at the, well, five or six of that first team or of that eight team, say, have come through the youth programme. Where would we be without that? And they're going to go, well, is this really the club of my dreams? I want to win European Cups and League Championships. I'm going to Barcelona and Real Madrid and other clubs and Paris will go, well, hold on a minute, they'd probably sell them for the right price. What messaging does that send for the next two, three years? And the thing that makes me so livid is that, and I've said about this, I think, two or three years ago on the pod, was this is DEFCON 5 for Manchester United. Liverpool 20 looks more likely to happen than ever before. City are up there for the European Cup. If they keep Pep, they've still got a chance of winning it. This is, Klopp has won everything. This is DEFCON 5. Everybody over 35 who remembers what the 1980s were like and watching Mike Duxbury mm. uh, knows the importance of this. And all the effort, all the effort, the money, the time 
that we put into to making that happen over 30 years and mm. gone in a snap of the fingers. And they just don't seem to care about it. And that's a bit that hurts, I think, us all the most. I think, I think, the, the, I think that, unfortunately, Chris, the, the reason that we, we know there's a multitude of reasons why they don't care, but I think that the kind of modern football, it's that thing of if, as long as you're in the top four, as long as you're there or thereabouts, they know the product is so, um, the, 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 the globe is so insatiable for the product of the Premier League is that they can just keep going and we can keep I surviving. I, mean, I understand that to a point, but you're not making the most and maximising your potential of this product, of what I, it can be. They, 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 might argue that they might argue that they are though, Chris, because they seem to be, because every year they seem to, off the pitch, they seem to make record-breaking deals. And I know there's a tipping point of that. And, but you... you but I don't know. It, I think I'd want, I'd, I'd want, I'd be able to make more of myself if I was a European Cup winner and another Premier League championship. But, but remember, the value of that will go down when Liverpool have won more Premier uh, Leagues and first uh, division. Uh, of course, it will. But, 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 but they will, but, but they will have people. They will have analysts who will tell them that 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 value hasn't gone down enough for them possibly to justify what is necessary. When well, we we'll have, see. Well, I mean, I guess we'll see with the value of the deals, but. You know, but I when think, we sat Mourinho, they said they were going to look for a di- director of football. Yeah, but two that's years ago. That's two years ago. This is why we're being mugged off. We are being mugged off with PR spin that comes out of the club all the time, out of Woodward's bat phone that he leaks to all his favourite journalists. Right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, oh, you, you know, the Simon Stones of this world and people like that, we pump the PR through to think most of us are idiots. And, yeah. it's the, and, and it's incredible. It keeps going and going around and we're stuffed full of it. Now, what do we do? What, do, what can we do? You know, you need, right? Who, who can afford to buy Manchester United? A, a Russian oligarch, a totalitarian regime, Saudi Arabia, and we know the human rights issues of that, and basically Jeff Bezos' ex-wife, probably. Jim Ratcliffe, mate. Jim Ratcliffe, he's a United fan as well. He is a, he's a United fan, but he's a tax fraud. Oh, he's just... He's Fuck just it, who cares? To, he's just gone into Of course we care, because of course you've got to care about those things. The, these are institutions. These are institutions in the community. You've got... Um, that, that was Jeff now going, what do you want me to do? Cheers, uh, Jeff. I'm back. He's meant, he's <coughs> meant to be at one. Um, but this is the thing that... We've got to care about who owns the club. You know, Glazers are Trumpers. They they pay for Trump. So who can who can we buy, who can buy it that will have the right intentions? That 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 pool of people is very small. Well, and that's depressing. It is depressing as fuck, mate. Depressing. You know, that's why I've got Operation Activate Mick Hucknall. Right, yeah. In my mind, so Mick Hucknall, known bit of a ladies' man with Martin McCutcheon back in the day, charmer. Singer, serenader, great hair. great hair. Mrs. Jeff Bezos has got loads of money from her divorce deal with Jeff from Amazon, and she needs wooing, right? And I propose activating Mick Hucknall to mm. serenade her, win her heart, and convince her to buy the club, and then he runs it and comes. I mean, I'm d- I've, I've just googled her, Chris, and yeah. you know, she's not a bad looker. Mackenzie Scott. It's not bad. She's worth fifty-seven point four billion, right? She's Mick. Hutt- she's Mick Hutnell's type as well. If you look at Mick Hutnell's history of, I mean, uh, 
she could, buy, she, could, she, could, she could buy United with the proverbial change down the back of the sofa. It's time to get creative, lads, <laughs> with a plan. <laughs> Activate Mick Hucknall. If, if, Mick, if Mick is not available, who's our next Ian Brown. delivery back? Eamon Holmes. Eamon Holmes. Oh, Eamon Holmes. I, I, I'm going to propose Jimmy Nesbitt. Yeah, but Jimmy would like only do this for three years and find someone else, is my information. <laughs> Eamon would willingly, Eamon would willingly leave Ruth to save Manchester United. Hang on, hang on. Yeah, a few would, years ago. You know, she'd get pissed off with the accent, that's the thing. And like, no. you know. No, you know, just nod and say yes. Ah, sign Mbappe, Mbappe. I'm, I'm and, telling you. And you could go whatever. And she would just say yes, and then Eamon would do the right thing for the club. Or Manny from the, no, yeah, Manny from the Stone Roses. Well, a few years ago, I, I made a program Manny. about United. He's too, he's too grimy. Well, he won't. Andy, Andy Wyman. Andy's I'm going to throw Andy Wyman yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you see, you, 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 you've got, we've got to keep the stock strong. We've got to keep this... Re- this is realistic. Cottonall could mix in those circles easily. Manny just looks happy to he gets, be there. He gets called out to sing at a party with Stevie Wonder. There she is. Oh, you know, Orlando Bloom. It's possible that this can happen. Orlando Bloom is a red. Is he? Orlando yeah. Bloom is a red, is a red, is a red. But he's just had a child with Katy Perry, so we might, we might, there might be a, might be a, might be a bit. I'm telling you, get one of the stone. Well, can we put a request out for famous Man United Lotharios who are willing to leave their wives, girlfriends to woo Mrs. Jeff Bezos, ex, and buy Manchester United? Ian McShane's a red. Big Ian McShane. That See, that's not a bad idea. Because McShane, oh, he's getting on McShane, Lovejoy. Lovejoy is getting on. He is getting on. He's 78, oh. bless him. But, you know, we only need him to just sign over the deeds. That's, you that's, know. that's right, that's right. We only need him to do that. That's oh. that's the kind of desperate measures I think we need to start thinking about. Des- desperate times do call for desperate measures. Um, Chris, in terms of the, the, the window, um, looking at other clubs doing, doing business... Anything else you want to pick out? I mean, Arsenal obviously signing Thomas Partey um, and uh, and getting the job done there. But they've signed some good players. Gabriel is a good sign, and Williams a good signing for them. They they look half decent. I think Arsenal have been decisive and clear about what they want to do, and have not messed about. I mean, the biggest signing for them was getting Aubameyang to stay. Mm. So you know, I, I think Arsenal will be top four. I think Tottenham can win the league. I think you're going to see a little bit of a drop-off from City and Liverpool. I think they are going to come back to the pack. I don't care what anybody says. It is very hard for a team to sustain that level of performance like Liverpool for three years. I mean, no one expected them to get dicked, let's be fair. I was, I was sat there with my cousin, and after we got beat, and he's fucking giving it to me, he's a scouser. And, and he's like, oh, I was like, mate, can you imagine if this is six? You know when I think Villa went 2-0 or 2-1 up or something like that? And I was like, can you imagine this is six? He goes, no fucking way. It was seven. I couldn't believe it. And also, well, also, you know, they're, they're, well, also with Liverpool, you know, they've got to incorporate Thiago. Their midfield's been the strongest. They're going to tank. Is that going to mean playing Thiago? You're going to get that back four a bit easier than you did with the three um, rats in midfield. You know, City... Have those players tired of listening to Guardiola all the time? I think that is a factor. I think two games a week is a factor. I think the, men- the mental aspect of playing without fans for nine months, ten months is what it could be, is a factor when um, you know six weeks is doable. But that's going to take the edge off. For me, playing, playing behind closed doors means it's 
fantastic for attackers because it takes the pressure off and accountability off a miss. But it's horrible for defenders for the exact same reasons. They, they lose concentration, the pressure's off them. Um, and I think that's why we're seeing loads of goals. Maybe it'll settle down, but I don't think much. You've got two teams, two types of teams in the Premier League at the moment. You've got like 10 sides who pretty much attack and like, you know, five who want to play football. And I've got Brighton in that kind of group who want to score goals. And you've got four or five who are just struggling to keep them out and can't score one. And I think it's going to be an interesting season. But that was why this is the season to kick on for us and sign players who are going to go straight into the team. And all I can see is Telesh being that man who, who would not Luke Shaw out because I've been a I've been a massive not non fan of Luke Shaw for uh, a long time. And ever since he didn't buy me a drink in Marbella when he moved. And I think that was it's it going it, sorry? Was it in a McDonald's? Because we know he's a, he's, he's a fan of a takeaway. It wasn't. It was just pre that. We had a booth, AP. We had a booth. And my friend was uh, trying to woo him. And um, he just took all the drinks on the three. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I did the whole shaking hands, welcome to the club kind of thing with him. Enjoy, enjoy, you should have said to him, enjoy the reserves, Nazi boy. Because that's where you're fucking going. Yeah, and it's just, you know, uh, so I'm quite down on it and I, I was down on it I think the West Ham draw in lockdown I was worried for Ollie then because uh, that team had clearly that was knackered at that point he didn't trust them I was mm. like can he get through to the top four the semi-final thing kind of confirmed oh has he taken them as far as he can and then again the summer just all the uh, just reminding me so much of the Fred Dallow Grant pre-season with Mourinho that you just felt they weren't going to back him and then you just I, I, you know I've been quite consistent the past few months with friends saying, I think the plan is to get rid of Ollie and get Poch in uh, by one of the international breaks. Yeah. So I thought it would be November. I don't think Ollie will make Halloween. No, we got I a tough, agree, very tough October. I don't think he'll make Halloween. Just interesting, but, chaps. Um, Simon Stone, uh, BBC Sport, has just reported that uh, United are going to reveal the full scale of the financial damage caused by COVID-19 when they release their end-of-year results, which include the period from March to June when the Premier League was closed down. The losses are going to be eye-watering. Um, it costs United £5 million a time to play in an empty ground. In addition to match their revenue, there was a £20 million rebate for TV broadcasters. Lost revenue from the megastores being shut for months. No corporate events being held at the stadium. And the lucrative annual tour being scrapped. Is this where we're going to see the Glazers go, shit, maybe we're doing it ourselves? But, but, Aaron, isn't everyone having to... Isn't everyone yeah. suffering that? Well, yeah, of course. But Simon, Simon, Simon Stone, obviously, you know, he, he is a BBC... Simon, Simon's been told to say that. Well, he's BBC Sport. He's been fed that by the club. He's always, he's one of the key PR people who get fed to the club and like regurgitates what they say. Here's the thing. Where's 1.2 billion you took out of it to mm. fund them by the club? And where, you know, where was your money for a rainy day, Ed? This is a rainy year. Yes, it's unprecedented, but I'm just not buying it. I'm just not accepting it. And that's what they want us to accept. You know, they buy off the fans with your singing sections and your freezing ticket prices and all this kind of stuff because they're buying us off and they buy off the official fan groups by things like that and let them do what they want to do. So we're perennially fifth or fourth. And um, that cycle of seven years is just, it's just, it, I, you know, it has to change. And Mick, if you're listening, uh, sort yourself out. And um, we pray that Mick Hucknall can save Manchester United. Yeah. Um, there you go. International break this week, chaps. Has it come at a good time? 
Possibly. Um, I mean, I think that they, as, as I as I said to you earlier, I think maybe um, the, the the you know the, if the defenders get away from it for a bit and 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 clear their heads. I mean, we've had like the the that result on 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 Sunday reminded me of some other famous ones. You know, the, the when we got done five nil by Newcastle, it's that similar feeling of when everything just goes really does go to shit. Um, I don't think the defence is as bad as everyone is making out to be. As I said earlier, it, 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 did, it did play well together last season. Um, so, uh, let's see. I mean... I think, I think Maguire is mentally shattered. Yeah. I think... I and agrees has a lot to do with it. He's played every minute of every game. He doesn't trust Luke Shaw. He does a lot of work to cover Luke Shaw out of trouble because positionally he's so terrible. That's why, that's why he pulled him over, Chris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pulled him over because he, he thought, you're useless. I'm going to try and clear it. Which, <laughs> which actually, if Shaw had just booted it out when he was facing the, yeah. the stand, but he tries to turn. I said to her, he tries to turn in the box. Oh. Uh, you know, Lindelof said on Swedish duty they'd left him out because he was shattered. You know, so De Gea is under pressure because he knows there's a guy coming for his shirt for the first time. He's been at the club. So so they're not kind of like feeling quite assured of themselves. <laughs> they're not being protected by a midfield that has Paul no. Pogba in it. You can just run past every day of the week. The, the midfield got, the midfield so got let off. The midfield got let Pogba off. Pogba can't play in a two. You can't trust him. You just can't trust him. Anyone decent is going to set a trap uh, which Paul Pogba was involved in. And his ego is too big for his talent to cope with it. So, you know, there are things going on there that, you know, I do, I do if I'm going to criticise Ollie, I do worry about McKenna and Carrick having the experience to take these players through these kind of situations on the training pitch properly. Because, you know, they're all kind of experienced. You do, you do need people with gravitas, I think, and credibility in when times are tough. Well, and, Chris, uh, I said earlier. I think that, why, that why do we have why do we have no def- central defensive coach? We've got no one at the club that's well, from that. You know, when Fergie's time, Queros was very good about tactically setting them up for shape and things like that. That yeah. was what he was doing. Yeah. But you know, the, it's not just the back four; it's how the it's how um, the the whole team defends. And Greenwood, you know, and Rashford track back uh, track back in emergencies. They don't really get back into their shape very tightly. And when you leave Pogba and Bruno there, they're not as a three. They're not playing as a unit defensively without the ball. That's where all the, that's where all the goals are coming from. People are getting at us far too quickly. And yes, there are basic mistakes like stopping the cross from coming in, and which happens all the time, again, down Luke Shaw's side. And I think that Wan-Bissaka is, again, another one who's just knackered because he's played every game and had no time off. I do believe that is a factor. Well, they still shouldn't be as bad as they've been this season. And Ollie's got to take some responsibility for that. But he hasn't been given the resources that he wanted, which creates an enthusiasm and edge in pre-season. They've left it last minute to save money by not paying wages. It's a collective thing that just shows goes, goes to show. We are not run by a professional sports organisation. We are run by a commercial pot noodle business. <laughs> um, so, Pereira has gone to Lazio on loan. Diogo Dallo to Milan on loan. Um, yeah, Dalo's a baffling one for me. I think he's the best attacking football uh, fullback at the club, um, and he and he's AP soft. Hard off. AP Dalo is soft, man. He's soft as a footballer. He's yeah, just you know. attacking fullback. He's he's a very good one. 
I don't think he is. I don't think he is. He's physically, physically he can't sustain himself on the pitch. Uh, he got this nice step over crossover thing that he does. But I watched in that game against Brighton, and yes, maybe he knew he was going. But he's he's just soft and sloppy. I just don't feel. I just don't. I think he's lost a lot of confidence. And talking about being a professional sports organisation and all those players you've just mentioned, they can't get rid of him. That we've all uh, known for about two seasons that lot have got to go, and they can't sell him and because they put him on ridiculous hundred and fifty pound a week contracts. And I, I mean, and I, and I do believe talking about can't getting rid of anyone and and getting having a huge wage bill. I think I read somewhere that it's something like we've got. We're paying six hundred grand a week on goalies. Yeah. I mean, how they, how they've not let Romero go? I mean, I really like Romero. I think he's done. He he's been a brilliant, um, brilliant number two for us down the years. I, I, I still think it's terrible. He was dropped for the semi final. I agree. Year. I think that was a dreadful decision and backfired yeah. badly. But you know, if if get let him go, let him go and get a a game well, somewhere, right? De Gea has been rubbish since he's got that contract. Mm. 350k a week he's rumoured to be getting, right? When no one in the world, no other club in the world, was going to pay anywhere near that for a goalkeeper. So what are you thinking? You don't have to pay him that much. Maybe we, could, maybe we could just put two keepers in. I mean, I think Henderson will be in that team. I think, I think there's two things to look out for coming up with that defence. I would not be surprised that if Henderson started against Newcastle when we come back, and I think he's desperate to get two and Zabe fit. I think they want to give two and Zabe a chance between yeah. now and January, and I think he's desperate he to get two it. into that team. He deserves so, it, Chris. He do you think it. they might go back to a back three? Yeah, possibly. With Telesh coming in. But, okay, am I not right in saying they should have played a back three against Spurs? When you see Son and Kane up top, you know, the way they shit all over teams, I think we should have played a back three Sunday. I know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we should have done. But I think, you know, a back four is the long-term way to go. I mean, the back three has worked in those big tactical games against Liverpool in the past, haven't they? And Chelsea uh, in the past. But it's not... You've got to have the right players to play those wing back. I, I also think that... I think if you're going to play a three and you're going to play... I, I just don't think Matic's legs are, are there anymore for the way that the, the game is so... Matic against poor sides, a bottom 10 yeah. Premier League sides, yeah. right? Can play in a two, fine, all day long. All right, not so bad. You'll get away with it. You'll probably hope to score more than they will. In a, any decent team in the top 10 with Matic and Pogba will just run rings through you yeah. and run around them and pass through them and then set traps for Pogba. I mean, it's, it's, really, it's really easy to play against us from that that side of things and um, yeah so I think you'll see Hen- I think Henderson will come back come into goal and I think they'll be desperate to get two and Zabe fit uh, and they'll be desperate to hope that Telesh hits the ground running which will be you know it's a huge ask that to come not into come to a country anyway and start fantastically Bruno has done it but uh, despite um, it'd be a hard thing for him to do and we've got to get the best out of Bruno again and and because he hopefully doesn't believe his own hype of, of lockdown. Yeah, chaps, um, it's been it's it's been depressing as fuck. Um, it's been lovely, but depressing as fuck. Well, I'm going to listen to some Simply Red, AP, and cheer myself up. <laughs> Good shot, mate. Good shot. I'm not, I'm going to jump on the Stone Roses. Part. Well, shall I? I I'll, I'll pick up your, your Simply Red, and let's hope let's hope that Edison Cavani can uh, go about holding back the years. <laughs> 
Very good. Very good. Uh, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining. But as we know, it's more likely money's too tight to mention. Dan, you're such a pro. <laughs> I'll tee them up and you've wrapped it up like a pro. There you go. Good to speak to you, boys. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. This is the Manchester United Redcast. I appreciate your uh, your patience and your understanding during that um, that 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 bit of a rant. That sort of was all over the shop a bit, but you know what? It is what it is. Uh, International break next, um, and we really don't give a fuck about international football until. until the World Cup and the Euros turn up. So I'm going to go and watch Lincoln City on Saturday. Quite looking forward to that. Um, Anyway, gents, thank you very much for joining us. It's Manchester United Redcast. Take care. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now? and is available wherever you got this podcast. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at unitedredcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.